This is the Push Shift Podcast, a broad look at the hospitality industry. So how's biz? Hey, you know what? It's been, yeah, it's been good. Like, yeah? Um, obviously, yeah, my best year so far. And it's, well, you're kind of the first of your kind, right? I, I am, yeah, yeah. Like, not so much like... There, there are other people, like... Um, uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the guy's name, um, but he used to be like the the general manager of like uh, like the whole liquor branch. Yeah, and he branched off and did his own consulting company. But he is uh, he does more like licensing. Mm-hmm. I don't focus on that at all. Actually, I defer it every time someone. Oh really? Asks, yeah, every time someone asks me, I just it's it's so much work and it's. Um, I just, I honestly, I just don't have the patience for it because <laughs> I, like, I didn't even like it when I was working there. So, yeah. Good morning, Post Shifters, and welcome to Post Shift number seventeen. Today, we're talking about liquor licensing and diligent liquor management uh, with Jay Blackwell. Um, this is a really interesting one. It's a short. Uh, usual, short episode compared to usual, but we really get down to the nitty gritty about what Jay does and how he can help the licensees in Victoria and BC overall um, with diligent management and uh, having due diligence when it comes to liquor licensing fractions and uh, fines. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I really enjoyed listening to Jay explain what he really does. Um, I'm going to have... Um, uh, some information at the very end for you. Uh, he also repeats it. Uh, if you're watching the video, uh, you'll see everything up in print. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Have a good week, guys. Bye. That's a good start. Well, how about you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> it does, I know it seems weird, but like no, I, no. I never have questions pre-planned. Okay. I sort of start like the who, what, where, why, how. Right. And nine times out of ten, it leads away from any research I could have possibly done right or anything like that and it's much more people always like I did Mike and Lee from the Drake like so what questions can I ask I'm like don't know don't know yet yeah and I, I'm, I'm doing an interview in Lisbon uh, for the Lisbon Bar Show with Nicola Risky from um, McCallum and she's like well the communications department's reached out and said like what sort of questions are you going to ask about the whiskey I'm like none like I'm interviewing you you work for McCallum yes but it's not about the whiskey. Yeah. Like, you were a carnival person in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to know about. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, introduce yourself. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jay Blackwell. Um, I've, uh, based on my background is, I, uh, in regards to liquor, any, anyways, I was, uh, I worked 10 years between the Alberta Gaming Liquor Commission and the uh, British Columbia. Oh. Um, like liquor board and basically like I um, I walked away about two years ago started my own business and I specifically consult and specialize in due diligence and, and that's the name of your company yes yeah diligent liquor management <laughs> and uh, and basically that's I, my focus is is um, like trying to get people uh, like duly prepared beforehand mm-hmm. before they run into occurrences and uh, with the liquor branch because um, basically the way the the legal uh, like basically way, w- the way it works with the, the liquor branch is um, is is there's uh, it's administrative law yeah. so you can you can basically um, like I'm not a lawyer but I can represent licensees yeah. and then and then 
basically, um, there's also like every licensee has the right to argue due diligence. Mm-hmm. And, and so through that, basically I, I take my expertise from the last 10 years uh, working in two different provinces and doing this through a variety of different positions. And then I've uh, combined that with obviously looking at um, like hearing decisions mm-hmm. and basically specialize in, in trying to set up a due diligence argument for each license establishment based on their license type. Huh. And why did you base yourself in Victoria? You know what? I had I'd originally moved here um, because I wanted um, another opportunity for my career in in the with the liquor branch yeah. actually, and uh, it basically I hit I hit a glass ceiling, yeah. and it didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually had a quite an interesting meeting with the the general manager of the liquor branch, and he kind of said, you know what? Maybe you need to move on and do something different. And so I. I took that to heart, <laughs> and, and I did. You said about the the old general manager does a lot of licensing stuff, which you divert. Um, how does the liquor board feel about ex-employees then going and doing what you do and what he does? I'm sure that what he does is a little bit more favoured compared to what you do. Yeah, I, I definitely get... Uh, that's good. Perfect, thank you, sir. Thank you. I definitely get mixed reviews... From from the people that I uh, like past contacts that, that I've had, and and some you know what like uh, previous coworkers are great. They commend me for walking away and, and doing what I'm doing. And uh, you know what when we sit across from each other in hearings, it's it's you know what like it's professional. It's professional yeah. exactly. And and there's there's nothing personal about it at all. It, it is professional yeah. and. Um, yeah, like from in regards to the licensing thing, yeah, I just uh, I I just focus on the compliance enforcement side because yeah. that's what I used to do. That's what I mm-hmm. know the best. And because it is, it, there is a there's a lot of it's a lot of tricky wordage. Like I've had uh, a few people like Alex Snow from the Mint reach out to me. He's like, oh, can you come and like talk to us about the, the pros and cons and stuff? And I think you went and saw him. Yeah, but. Uh, you start really reading into it, and unless you like really understand the the verbiage of it all and the vernacular, you qu- quickly get lost in all of it. Like even the one that you posted the other day about the social media. Yeah. Like I'm reading, I'm like, there's no point. Like there's no like it's listing everything, but there's no point to the, the actual end of the memo. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so open ended that you're like, okay, so do. You, are we allowed to keep posting stuff on social media? Or are we not? Or are we not? Because <laughs> yeah. like you read it, it's like, and this is from the advertisement branch, and this is from this, and this is from that, and then it doesn't get to a point at all yeah. about what's actually the, like, the black and white, like, what, do you, what are you supposed to do? Absolutely, yeah. And, and that's what I get from uh, a lot of my clients. Yeah. And they, they say the exact same thing. And they just want to know, and you know what, like having worked in government for the amount of time I, I have, um, basically I can decipher certain things, yeah. but even I still need like a little bit of context and I like, I'll, I'll reach out and I'll contact the, the policy department yeah. and, and say, and I have very direct point of questions and they'll respond to me in writing. And then that's great because I can actually take that to, 
you know, two license establishments, two licensees, mm-hmm. and and say, actually, this is this is the intention of this new policy director. And the policy guys aren't yeah. thinking about what how a liquor in, like a licensee is going to look at it. They're just like, I write policy. That's what I've done since I left university after doing a yeah. degree in such and such, and that's all I do is I write policy. I don't care how it's seen. I just write policy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the social media one that you posted the other day was. Interesting yeah. to say the least. <laughs> Definitely got some traction for sure. Well, because I've I've had uh, at Cafe Mexico, I had them come in and go, "Well, you, you do post a lot about liquor on the on the on the Instagram and the social media." I'm like, "Yep," and I can tell you right now that my food sales are 72 percent and my bar sales are 28, and I need people to drink more. And they're like, "Well, you can't really have that." I'm like, "But I kind of need them to." <laughs> like, yeah, my food sales are solid. I'm I need to push more cocktail program and people to know about the cocktail program. They're like. Just make sure you post a bit more about food. Like, okay, cool. No yeah. problems at all. Yeah. It's an interesting standard because in, in that uh, situation, especially when it comes to social media advertising, they're, they're, they're deferring to a, like a federal legislation. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it's a little more stringent. And it, I don't think the, the actual, the, the policy was originally developed uh, to anticipate social media, it's, it's quite old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and then it's really trying to put a, an advertising structure on social media posts from a bar or restaurant. Right. You know, Lucky Bar taking a photo of like the crowd or doing a shot is probably not against, is against policy for old school advertising from the fifties when the policy was written. Right. Yeah. So how many? Like, I know you. I think I saw recently on your on your Facebook page you got like fifteen clients right now, or you got more than that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do have more than that. Um, I haven't done a tally recently. Um, have you been popular I'm, since you like set up shop? How long have you been? Up, well, let's start. Like, how, how long have you been set up shop? Uh, basically, it's been just over two years. Oh wow! And it has been slow to get going because mm-hmm. you like know the what? Last like, six months, you're everywhere. I, I feel that as well, and that's that's great, and I yeah I'm really appreciating it. Um, but I, I definitely have to say it was it was slow to get going because I'm I'm literally I'm selling due diligence. Like how exciting is that? So right? tangible as well. Yeah, look at my Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's terrible. Like I I, I got nine likes. <laughs> so, um, but you know, it's uh, it's it's definitely. Uh, like I'm getting traction lately, mm-hmm. and it's great. Like I, I ended up having uh, two weeks ago twelve new clients signed wow. on for for like wow. due diligence packages, and that's that's fantastic. And I, I really do like I want to, and I, I really want to promote people getting ahead of the curve and like mm-hmm. coming in before they get caught. But you know what? The vast majority of my clientele are people that have already been reactionary. Caught. Yeah. 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 But sometimes there are there's there's so many gray areas. Sometimes and it depends on the liquor inspector's personal subjectiveness of each certain rules. Yeah, absolutely right. Certain things like get picked up. And, and it, last time that someone came in, no one said anything. And the next time they come in, they say something. Yeah, it varies from uh, like region to region as yeah. well. Um, and that was always like a contention of mine when I worked for the liquor branch because there was I didn't really feel that there was a like a cons- um, a clear application mm-hmm. of how the program should work across the entire province. It really was um, left up to like there's a deputy general manager mm-hmm. who runs compliance uh, and enforcement, the division, and then it, it defers down to now it's um, four regional managers 
and those regional managers obviously have their own jurisdictions. And uh, there's always been, you know, certain things are run differently in Vancouver versus mm-hmm. Victoria versus the interior. And I always kind of thought that there should be an equal application. I hear about it all the time. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what, I, what I've, like, obviously having had that experience and then now doing what I do, I look at the other side and um, I kind of pick up on on how things are being applied or not mm-hmm. being applied or, or what's what's um what's the flavor of the month as well and i try to like i, I try to kind of read between the lines yep. and get that information out to licensees as well and and, and prepare them yeah so do you have you had anyone who's starting to open open up a new concept in victoria come to you and go okay well this is my sort of because I, I see what you do and there's a couple of times i've done it like created a new concept that hasn't been seen in victoria and I've had some people go, well, that's that might be pushing liquor licensing. Have you had many people come to you and say, hey, like, listen, I've got this idea for something. I'm not sure if it's legal, though. I have had that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, you've waded into it just recently in, yeah. in past conversations we had. And I was approached uh, um, right when I was starting about... about shafts yeah and 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 actually bottle yeah exactly and and doing that on a a larger scale than yeah and having something that's uh basically packing your uh you know your camper and take with you right yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) is it legal is exactly well because there there is a lot of things like i always find because i was talking to my wife yesterday and we were chat we've i've always had a dream about doing a cocktail bus or a cocktail wagon that i would be able to chip around to different uh events and have like a cocktail lounge on wheels and I put it up on, I think I put it on, I got your back or my personal Facebook. Everybody went mental. They're like, that's completely illegal. That won't fly. It, it rolls. Then I'm like, there's beer wagons out there, like rolling coolers yeah. with you tap beer up and you go to a festival. Why can't you do it with cocktails? No, it wouldn't fly. It wouldn't fly. And then my wife is like, man, I wish we could just do that. I'm like, well, luckily enough, I am talking to someone tomorrow that it could probably answer <laughs> these questions for me. You know what? And the night, the, the great thing is, um, there actually has been sometimes there's a lot of frustration with the mm-hmm. liquor branch, but there has been a lot of uh, progressiveness mm-hmm. in in recent years um, in regards to exactly like opening up and and listening to people in in the industry mm-hmm. that are trying to like come up with different concepts and they and they they basically um, there was the liquor policy review mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and there was uh, I think it was seventy second seven recommendations. Mm-hmm. And they basically moved forward with those recommendations and and changed the the act and the regulations yeah. and and basically policy to bit allow for a lot of things bit right. by bit bit by bit yeah exactly it's it's government right it's slow well I think yeah. the thing is that I don't think any liquor inspectors out to get anybody and infractions happen and I think on the other side is that you're not some cowboy riding in to get everybody out of everything but you sort of have finding a happy middle spot where the licensee you're in the middle licensees on one side like look a lot licensees going why can't i do this like the board says you can't and you're in the middle going well this is why you can't or this is why you can but you got to do it this way yeah yeah exactly <laughs> or, or i try to exactly bring forth an idea um you know what i i have a i have a like a, a varied um array of clients that you know some some of them don't want anything to do with liquor board and they'll mm-hmm. say they'll literally in their in the, like 
like we're speaking, but like physically we'll say it like, oh, I'm going to pick you, Jay, by the yeah. shoulders and put you in front, like, a, you know, like between me and the yeah. liquor inspector and you can talk to them. And, um, and then there's, there's other, other people that are, you know, like, let's get dialogue going. Let's yeah. talk about it. Like what, you know, where, where are we and what can we do yeah. and what's, what's the best way to move forward? And I think there's a, there's a, enough of a, an avenue for, for me to actually have those open conversations and I'm, I'm happy to like do that on behalf of licensees, but also like, like with the liquor branch as well. What did you do before all of this? Ah, (laughs) I always like to ask, I always like to ask this question because nine times out of 10, like I I was saying to Mike and me the other day is like the Drake, uh, sorry, not Drake. Um, I interviewed David Gutekokomo, the Canadian whiskey guy. Yeah. And in all the interviews and in all the years, nobody's ever asked him what he did before he became the Canadian whiskey guy. Hmm. So what did you do before you became the licensing guy? It's a funny thing. Um, I completely opposite of, of what I was doing. And uh, I, I was out playing in the woods, basically. <laughs> I, was a, I was a conservation officer. Oh, wow. Well, originally a park warden. And then I was a system park superintendent. And then I ended off um, being a con- conservation officer. And, um, you know, I bought a house and got a mortgage and, uh, my wife at the time said, you can't play out in the parks anymore and <laughs> I need to get a real job. So and you went like, from wrangling certain side of animals to different style of animals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And someone said to me at the time, uh, I was, I was out in, uh, Calgary and they said, uh, you should apply to be a liquor inspector. And I had no idea that that was actually a real job. And I thought, why not? So I did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I did, I did that for three years in Calgary, mm-hmm. and then I, uh, I transitioned out to BC. So um, when's the best time for someone to reach out to you when it comes to, like, obviously the liquor infractions are getting out every day, but, like, is it, like, the very next day when it happens to, like, reach out to you and see what the hell is your, their course of action? Yeah, definitely I... It's excellent if I hear right away because I can um, speak to licensees and their staff and say, you know what, what was the situation? Um, it's fresh in your mind, and we should document that because if it is going to go to you know a hearing or there's going to be an enforcement action, then uh, you know it's best to like address it right away while it's fresh in your mind. So that that's ideal. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, the branch sends out what's called a, a compliant or a contravention notice mm-hmm. and then they follow up with a notice from enforcement action and that kind of lays out what they uh, are and that can that can happen over like it's not quick it, no it isn't quick like, yeah it's, sometimes it's over a month yeah. yeah and you think that everything's fine then all of a sudden it's like slap that's right yeah because yeah. they leave and they don't say anything like they're going to give you anything and then all of a sudden you get something in the mail you're like oh crap yeah, yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right because sometimes you know, there's going to be different types of inspections where mm-hmm. they're um, overt or, or covert, and where they are overt, they're like you know you, you know your inspector. Um, they walk into the establishment and they say, "Hey, how you doing?" And they uh, you know address maybe a, a concern or two, mm-hmm. and they may even issue uh, like a contravention notice at the time. Uh, covert inspections, like where they'll, they'll, like you said, like it, yeah. you don't know until all of a sudden you get something in the mail saying, "Hey, we were in here. Uh, we had some someone working on our cover, yeah. and this is what we saw." So, yeah, wow. 
<laughs> These are the tools that they have. Yep. Um, and you know what? They will. And it, we, we sign licensing papers when we get liquor licenses and we sign a certain amount of rights over to the liquor inspection branch to police yeah. liquor. Yeah. And you know what? My, my opinion on, like you said, policing or whatever, I've always looked at it as being um, the government should be above reproach mm-hmm. when it comes to doing that kind of stuff. So if they're, if they're alleging something, it should be uh, alleged and should be backed up mm-hmm. with factual documentation, mm-hmm. evidence, um, and they should bring forward that. And, and then you obviously have, as a licensee, have a right to contest that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, or, or you, can, you can say, um, you know what, you're right. You know, my, maybe my staff made a mistake on that evening and, um, and we're going to, like, we need to maybe sign a waiver. Yeah. The other side of it is as well is, is if, um, if you were duly diligent as a licensee and you did everything you could um, to train your staff mm-hmm. and you have policies and procedures in place and, and your staff are aware of those policies and procedures and they, you know, they, um, they were trained on that and they've signed off on that training and, and they're like frequently updated mm-hmm. in regards to that. Then you, as a licensee, have the right to argue due diligence mm-hmm. and and say, you know what, in, in that situation, yes, you know what, the contravention did take place, but um, I did everything I could, mm-hmm. and I'm going to contest this based on due diligence. That's fair. Um, so, how about you tell everybody where to find you, except for Saturday days at Sanofi? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, You've got like a whole like diner lawyer sort of come to me with your problem sort of feel like very it's very Hollywood like just come and see me in Sonote Saturday between 1 and 5 it, it was something that I kind of threw out there I thought I'd try new this year and um, you know like Sonote was uh, uh, you know the guys here are fantastic they really supported me yeah. they were one of my first clients and um, and yeah beyond beyond my, you know, my Saturdays at Sonote from 2 to 4 uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I basically, yeah, you can reach me um, by phone, uh, like 250-213-3911, and by email, it's just jblackwell at, uh, it's DLM, so Diligent Liquor Management, bc.ca, so dlmbc.ca. I'm going to put that up on the, the handles and everywhere, and so if you've got any issues with the liquor inspectors right now, or you want answers to questions... Um, I will give to, uh, the information so you can reach out to Jay and uh, get the sort out because I don't think there's anybody else out there that's doing this and I don't really care how much it costs because if it gets you out of trouble and, and makes you better for the future then it's uh, the best way to be. Thank you very much for sitting down, buddy. Thank I know you. that you're a very busy man. <laughs> so I appreciate it. I really appreciate you meeting with me. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Shifters. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, if you're listening, whatever platform you're on, give me a good rating, subscribe, listen along. Uh, I'm going to keep going. I really enjoy sitting down with people and learning where they're from, what they did, and how they got to where they were. So if you love it, give me a good five stars. If you don't, give me one and I'll try harder. <laughs>